all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. <laughs> I'm David. I'm Rachel. And this is All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. You can follow us on all of your favorite social means. Such as? Why don't you tell us? At All Bad Things Pod. <laughs> on Insta. Uh-huh. Uh, Twitter slash X. Mm-hmm. Or Twitter. Because mm-hmm. fuck Elon Musk. Sure. Uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also follow us on our Facebook Facebook discussion group. <laughs> Facebook discussion group. Yes. yes. Indeed. And like all the other social means that I can't Blue remember Sky, right TikTok, now. Blue uh, Threads. Do we have a TikTok? Yes. Oh, I didn't know Podcasts that. of ABT. Okay. I think as I think is the handle I should know. You should. Um, also, subreddit and Discord. Sure. And email us allbadthingspod at gmail Do all of those things, especially for listener scripts, which <laughs> yes. we were going to do today. We but... were going to do, but I have done a script. Wow! Wowdy wow! We've been dragging you hardcore on Twitter over that because you're not on Twitter. Oh, have you? I mean, I don't, I really don't care. Like, <laughs> I know that's why I, I don't, I don't mind doing. If it. I had an office job, I'd be banging out scripts like left and right. Hey, I have an office job and I cannot bang out. No, scripts I understand, like... but your office job is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have an office job per se because you do have to go out into the field occasionally. I do. Um, I do. Although that, that may pause after November seventeenth, depending. Yeah. <laughs> Hint, but we'll see how it goes. What are we drinking tonight? We have I, fancy drinks. Yes. Um, I am having New Realm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a brewery in Virginia Beach that we went to. They made beer and liquor. They were distillery which too. I've never seen that before. It's pretty um, unusual. Yeah. And it was a gigantic facility. It That's, was a cool place. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a pretty cool place. But I am having their strawberry gin. Strawberry honey or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I am having. Faragaya alcohol-free spirits. Scottish. From, yes, Fife. Mm. Out of Fife. Yes, I'm having that and soda with lemon. So if you're hearing this sound all mm-hmm. night, just grab yourself rocks. a drink. It's probably going to tempt you to get a drink. <laughs> there you go. Although probably don't do that Monday morning if that's... Yeah, exactly. Or, no. or do it Monday morning. That might be the it perfect time on, to have a drink. If you're driving, do not. Yeah. It depends on how your Monday is going. <laughs> For most people, they probably need a drink. Right. Um, so yes, that is what we are, um, partaking, sipping on this evening. So you surprised me tonight. We're, we're doing a midnight recording Mm -hmm. on a Thursday of all days, but it's before a holiday, a federal holiday. So I don't have to work tomorrow. And we, we were going to do a listener script. I had one picked out. Thank you, Stephen. As always, we will thank you once we do it. But, um, you surprised me and came home and said, Hey, I have a script. Yes. you had some downtime, unusual downtime. Very unusual. It does not happen at my type of work very often. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my line was shut down due to problems <laughs> that had nothing yeah. to do with me mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> or, or my, uh, or my uh, department. But uh, a department that we depend on to do our thing, they were down. So Well, there you go. We couldn't do anything. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take one of these laptops and just bang out a script. Nice. I've been wanting to do this topic for a while. I kind of hinted at it okay. either the last episode we did or a couple episodes ago. What's the hint? The hint was, so this is a famous, this is somewhat of a famous happening, but it's okay. also a controversial one because it the details are likely to have been uh, very much embellished. This isn't the coup. This is not. The Wilmington coup to be. <laughs> this, that's not, no, that's... To differentiate it from the January 6th I'm not 6th sure how attempt. you can embellish those details. Yeah, but. that's fair. Um, <laughs> is it a music festival? It is not, but let's find out what it is. Okay, what is it? Well, we are on the topic of discussion. So this is the Ramree Island Massacre. Ramree Island Massacre. How do you spell Ramree? R-A-M-R-E-E. Just okay, like it sounds. Okay, Ramree. So we're going we're gonna to get into... I'm sure you have many questions. Yes. Because maskers generally would not come up. Yeah, that's right. That sounds very criminal. On our podcast, but mm-hmm. 
that's also part of the controversy. Okay, okay. If there was a massacre to begin with. Anyway. Okay, that's all very intriguing. So, the Ramry Island Massacre, also known as the Battle of Ramry Island, which was part of Operation Matador, took place from January 14th to February 22nd, 1945, during the final stages of World War mm-hmm. II. The attack was carried out by Indian and British forces in order to take over the airfield on the island that was deemed to be highly advantageous in order to transport troops as well as run reconnaissance missions. The Japanese had taken the island in early 1942, and a strong and steady resistance was anticipated. A total of 6,000 men from two brigades, one Indian and one British, began with an amphibious assault to gain footing in the region. Just a single regiment of 1,000 Japanese soldiers awaited them. The official list of casualties for the British and Indian regiments is officially listed as trifling, which I'm guessing just means not many. So instead of like zero or (laughs) five, it says trifling. trifling. And that was from three different sources. I was like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, While the Japanese regiment lost almost all of their men, while 20 were captured. However, it is how the nearly 1,000 soldiers came to perish that has been at the center of controversy and doubt for decades since the war. Are we getting into where Ramry Island is? We're about to. (laughs) We're going to get into the, we're going to go into Geography Corner because I'm not sure if we've been here before, although I think we have. Ramry Island. So well, we haven't been there specifically, but the country that it belongs to. So India and Britain. We're getting there. Okay. India and Britain are the forces that attack this island. Against Japan, yes. is the idea. So Ramry Island is the largest island in the entire Rakhine coast on Myanmar. Which oh, I we've been to Myanmar. Have we? Mm-hmm. I think I thought we had. Wasn't a, um, a tsunami? Was Wow Wowie? That might have been. Myanmar? No, I'm making that up. That was that was like Taiwan or something. Oh boy, I should know better. Although I'm not that sure. That was like two years ago. I'm not sure if we've, we've been, been, to, been Myanmar. to Myanmar. I just don't remember with what. Yeah. I thought I remember, we might have. Yes, because I remember s- telling myself oh, the it's Wow Wow Stampede. I can, now, wow, now, now I'm not sure where that happened anymore. That's... I know. Now I'm thinking it was like Taiwan or something. But do you remember the Wow Wow We? That was kind of a yes. I remember the stupid song, but because I remember telling myself it's Myanmar, not Myanmar. Yeah, I think I said. Did I say Myanmar? I think Myanmar. Did I? Myanmar, Myanmar. Anyway, I don't know that it matters. I think. I've heard both. Sure. It's like potato, potato. <laughs> Myanmar, Myanmar. So the area of the island is about 1,350 square kilometers, or 520 square miles. Okay. And the main population center is Ramri. In the Burmese language, it is known as Yanbai Island. Okay. The island is separated from the mainland by a narrow canal-like strait, which is only 150 meters wide on average. There's also a bridge over the strait connecting the island with the continental shore. Originally, the island was a trading post for the kingdom of Morocco, with finish, with fishing villages spread all across it. So that's a little small, our little small Ramry Island corner. <laughs> Ramry Island corner. Yes. So it's it's in Myanmar, and mm-hmm. uh, Myanmar's in the South Pacific. You know, I, I didn't even put that in, but oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hate that I. Well, you don't Oops, remember nothing. I just want to get. I it helps to have a visual. Okay. Um, Ramry. It is in the South Pacific. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yes. I, I, meant I to, hate I that meant I don't do know. The, it. Uh... Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It is. Um, by Thailand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as you can see, formerly known as Burma. Yes. So as you can see, in this part of the world, why that would have been a very advantageous, advantageous, advantageous <laughs> island to take over if you're in the middle of the war. Main reason being because it was flat and there were airfields. Well, and Japan, it's hot territory for Japan, right? It's hot territory for anybody. I guess that's true, yeah. Yeah. The the Pacific (laughs) Theater. Yes. So, let's get into the battle. Okay. So, Indian and British assault troops were slightly delayed when landing craft struck mines, but landed unopposed on the beaches west of Kyokpu. Kyokpu. At 9.42 a.m., securing the beachhead by the afternoon. A beachhead is simply when a position on the beach is taken over by invading forces from which an attack can be launched. So okay. it's, it's taking over. It's a, def- An area, a mm-hmm. position. And then setting up to attack. Um, uh, this is January of 45? Yes. Okay. So the following day, the 4th Indian Inf- Infantry Brigade landed 
took over the or took over the beachhead and occupied uh, Kiakpio. Mm -hmm. On January 23rd, the 71st Infantry Brigade advanced southwards toward the west coast. So if you're picturing this in their mind, mm -hmm. in your mind, they're landing on this one strip and they're Advancing consistently south. making their way south. Okay. Yes. They're expecting resistance all over. Okay. They're just not getting any. So they thought this was like Japanese occupied island. Well, they knew it was. Oh, okay. What they didn't know, I mean, they had, they did reconnaissance missions and stuff uh -huh. like that, so they had a general idea of how many soldiers were there. But mm -hmm. they were expecting Japan uh, is pretty much famously known for not fucking around. Right. Um, <laughs> so they're pretty much expecting resistance mm -hmm. all the time, which mm -hmm. they're not getting, which is what made makes their advance somewhat easy. Right, but suspicious. Correct. Don't be suspicious, don't be <laughs> suspicious. Uh, so two days later, a Mayan was occupied and the troops reached Yangbak uh, Ganj the next day. Resistance at Yangbak from Japanese troops uh, began to uh, began to increase, well, began and increased, and on January 31st, the 71st Brigade was ordered to move inland northeast towards Seine. So now you have these two brigades. They're they're going to meet up together at some point. One of them is moving inland. The other one's moving south. So now they are starting to meet up with actual Japanese troops. Yes. Okay. Um, Sane then head uh, then head south towards the Ramry town. So they're heading east towards Sane, then heading south towards Ramry. The fourth south. Okay. The fourth brigade was to keep the defenders at Yangbak under pressure and follow up vig vigorously should they retire. So they're basically in a position where they're just trying to hold. This regiment of Japanese troops, where they where are. Where they are. Okay. Um, silly question, because I fully admit, I mean, my you, we all are well aware of my lack of history knowledge. Um, I, I'm I'm not actually sure I've ever heard of Indian troops in World War II, which I'm oh, sure yeah. is like shocking or whatever. They were in World War One as well. I, I don't <laughs> doubt it, and of course, in that part of the world and everything. Um, this is British colonial days. It still is. Yes. Okay. So is that, is that kind of, so they were allied soldiers then? Well, correct. Yes. Because they, they were Brit, under British rule. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying that India wouldn't have chosen to be an ally anyway. I'm just saying, you know, that that would have been. Since they, at the time they were ruled over by right. England, uh -huh. they probably didn't have much of a choice. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but regardless, at, but. As you come to find out in World War II, mm -hmm. really the only area of the world that was not affected was right. North America, and that's pretty much it. And, and that was, and and that doesn't mean that troops didn't come from North America. Correct. It just means that I mean, the like, actual actual fighting. Fighting, yeah. Uh, a little bit happened in Alaska. Uh, a little bit happened off the coast here, about twenty miles off the coast. There were uh -huh. constant uh, monitoring for well submarines. submarines. I mean, yeah. the the Germans got pretty close. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and Pearl Harbor, even though technically Hawaii was not a state at the point, that point, but it's but it was a territory. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, but other than that, some well, skirmishes sure. here and there in North America didn't really see shit. Sure, it's just so interesting because India is such a large country population wise. Mm -hmm. So it's it's so strange to I just have that realization of like I've never heard that used as like a oh you know the Indian troops in in World War Two which is like what. Yeah. <laughs> Because my history knowledge is terrible, so that's on me, but I, it's just, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, you'll come to find, I mean, it's right in the title, World War, of both of them. Sure, of course. But you'll come, but you kind of don't think about, number one, how many countries there are. You don't think about how many countries are involved, but yeah. you go through each World War and it was, you find out like, oh yeah, it was called that for a reason. I was going to say it's way more than 93. I think it's, um, if I'm not mistaken... The United Nations is consisted of like 193 nations. Okay, and technically, like getting back to World War II a little bit, South America wasn't really mm -hmm. affected battle wise, but that's where a lot of Nazis yes. wound up. <laughs> so, oh, also, <laughs> quick, poorly timed corrections corner, because I said 93, then 193. The sun is 93 <laughs> million miles away from the Earth, not, not 930 yeah. million. Whatever. So. I, I may have added another. It's far hundred, away. <laughs> several hundred million miles. It doesn't matter. It's far away. It we're is far away. We're never getting there anyway. <laughs> um, so now we're at the point where they're starting to face some Japanese resistance. 
Again, not as much as expected. And we're also at a point where the two units are starting to converge on Ramry Island, which is at the target. That's where the, so that's where the, the airstrip is. So the two British and Indian mm-hmm. uh, contingents. Yes. Okay. So they're like kind of cornering. Correct. The... Because well, they're coming from different directions. That has a term. Do you know what that term is called? Mm. It's called flanking. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Do you know what that means? Uh, kind of like want coming in from one side and the other side to sort of start bringing it into the center? Well, but first, in order for that to happen, you have to have a head-on attack to distract. Oh, okay. I gotcha. And then you have the force. <gasps> it's the velociraptor Pretty much. strategy. I mean, it really is. Yeah, the yeah. three. Mm-hmm. You got the one in front of you and then... Like the, the Australian then, guy said. I know you don't watch watch a lot of war movies. No. Or never have. But occasionally <laughs> you'll hear, or even in like, you know, um, uh, like the Hunger Games, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get flanked. Oh, okay. Like that, meaning. That's what that means. Don't yes. get kind of caught off guard, mm-hmm. distracted by one thing, and then, and mm-hmm. then it's. Like, if you get really flanked in war, it's like, it's pretty much over for mm-hmm. you. Because instead of dealing with one contingent, now you've got three. Right. So, or two. Um, uh, you're outnumbered. I'm just going to call it the Velociraptor yes, strategy. There you go. <laughs> so a few days earlier on January 26, a Royal Marine Force landed on Chaduba Island, about 10 kilometers offshore of the southwest coast of Ramri, and found it to be completely unoccupied. Which was, again, not expected. Exactly. Okay. On Ramri Island itself, the Japanese garrison had dug in and resisted but on February 1st, the 71st Indian Infantry Brigade reached Sine and took Sagukuyan Island, and the British outflanked the Japanese stronghold. So okay. basically, all the Japanese soldiers held back and dug in in Ramry. By dug in, you mean like trenches? Well, dug in being like, this is going to be their position. They're going to try to hold this no matter moving. what. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, they're either going to die or live. Mm. It's not going to be, well, that's kind of war anyway. But, <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? There's not, there's nothing left to defend. They, uh-huh. ha- they have to defend it or it's over. Uh-huh. Um, so when the British outflanked Jap- the Japanese stronghold, 900 defenders abandoned the base and marched to join a larger force of Japanese soldiers across the island. So 900 sol- Japanese soldiers mm-hmm. abandoned the digging in. Abandoned Ramry. Okay, the island, yeah. To go across the island okay. to meet up with another unit that was supposed to be there. Oh, still on the same island? Yes. Okay. Correct. Um, so they thought I they meant, were meeting up with another unit. I meant to put this in. That unit was kind of not intact either. So anyway, what, what they thought they were going to meet up with wasn't going to be what it was anyway. So, okay. Like it, it was, a lot of them had already gotten killed? Yes. Okay. So it was a small or, or well, I was gonna say or held prisoner, but Japanese didn't were not taken prisoner. Mm. They either committed um, killed themselves, right, uh-huh. or uh, or went out swinging. One of the other. Yeah, gotcha. Forced yeah. the hand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, bonsai attacks, as they would call them. So basically, like a suicide mission. Pretty much yeah. going head on into like a machine gun nest, like unarmed or something, or with oh, a, a barely a, armed with, yeah. a, with a single shot rifle. Yeah, not going to work out very well. No. Um, so the route took the Japanese through nine point nine miles or sixteen kilometers of mangrove swamp as they mm. and as they struggled through it, the British encircled the area, trapping them in the deep mud filled tropical, <laughs> trapping them in the deep mud filled land. Tropical diseases soon started to afflict the Japanese soldiers. Okay, so they're like, they're hunkering down. This isn't just well, like... Now, well, no, now they're trying to get away to join up with another unit. Remember? No, I understand. But, but when you say they were surrounded, I'm yes. thinking this is all happening within an hour. Right, but, within hours, correct. Right, but they're but staying now they're, in, now yes, they're in now there they're for not a while. Out. Yeah, correct. Okay. Um, so they started to feel the effects of tropical diseases, such as dysentery mm-hmm. and other things like that. As well as having to hang out with scorpions, yeah. several species of poison snake, along with disease-ridden mosquitoes. Yeah. So- starvation would soon follow the troops as they dug in for days. Something else that began to follow the Japanese troops is the stuff of absolute nightmares. Oh, no. As if this scenario wasn't nightmarish enough already. Is Who it- wants uh-huh. to learn about saltwater crocodiles? Oh, uh, well, I have a feeling we're going to. <laughs> yes, we are. 
Saltwater crocodiles. See, I'm from gator country. You are. So I don't know much about crocodiles. Well, this is a specific type. Saltwater crocodiles. Correct. Not fresh. So there are freshwater crocodiles. That I don't know. There are different oh, okay. types of crocodile. I do okay. know that. Uh, what I do know is you don't want to come across fucking any, any of them at all. Well, I... They are literally dinosaurs. Tend to avoid mangrove swamps. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they smell too. They, smell. they do. I can, yes, I can tell do. you that. Yeah. Um, Vizcaya, one of the most beautiful homes on earth, in Coconut Grove in South Florida... Is like has a bunch of mangrove swamp just as part sure. of the natural like gardens, and if you get too close to any of those parts of it as you're touring the gardens, it smells it like smells swamp. Horrible. Yeah, it smells like ass. So, so saltwater, saltwater crocodiles. That's <laughs> not gonna be good. So the saltwater crocodile is a crocodilian native to saltwater habitats. Black- <laughs> I love that. It's like. It's, the saltwater crocodile is a crocodile. Crocodilian. Native. It's crocodilian. <laughs> no, I don't. Native. That's its genus. It's saltwater. Uh, to saltwater habitats, brackish wetlands, and freshwater rivers from India's east coast across Southeast Asia and Sundiak region into northern Australia and Micronesia. So okay, that, those so are the they places are, you can find these. They are in native and indigenous species to Southeast Asia slash... Northern Australia. Yeah, down into that area of the Pacific. Okay. Mm -hmm. The saltwater crocodile is the largest living reptile on Earth. Oh. And males can grow to an average length of 17 to 20 feet, weighing on average at roughly 1,500 pounds. Okay. Well, I always do this. Ceilings in a helm are typically 8 feet. Just do a story. A story of a building is 10 feet. Well, no, I know. I'm trying to like literally visualize it sure. with where we are here. So uh, an so average size is... Double that. Yes. That's huge. Yes. I... On top of being 1,500 pounds. That's just the yes. length. 1,500 I... pounds is just shy of a ton. I don't think I un- I understood how large these <laughs> crocodiles can get. Because I feel like... um, What were the horror movies? You know when they were doing all of the underwater sea monster horror movies in like the 90s and early 2000s well they did one uh, like like placid Placid. yeah like placid that had like a giant alligator-ish type crocodile i think it was a gator was it i think but it was huge it was not that not bigger than this but you know bigger than that yeah but 17 to 20 feet and 1500 pounds is gigantic that's enormous for any animal yes let alone a let reptile. alone like, let alone basically like an armor-plated one. Yeah. That's fucking uh, ancestry goes back to actual dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, females check in at ten feet in length on average, while weighing roughly seven hundred fifty pounds. So that's females significantly smaller. It is. It's literally about half. Half the size. But yeah. still. I mean, you don't want to run into one. Nope. And seven hundred fifty pounds is nothing to shake it, shake your tail at, or whatever they say. I don't. I don't do, know if they, they, they say that. They don't say that. Another thing too. Uh, it's nothing to. What's the saying? Shake a stick at. No, that's it. Shake a stick at. <laughs> <laughs> so classified as a hyper carnivorous apex predator. I don't like that. <laughs> which means they are the top of the top of the top. Nothing. Hyper carnivorous. I basically don't like and essentially what that essentially what that means is nothing hunts them. Right, they're apex, right? Mm-hmm. Well, well, no, apex. Some apex predators do get hunted. A hypercarnivorous apex predator means does it not. does not get hunted. Period. Other than humans, potentially, Correct. yeah. But but humans throw off the whole. They do. So if you just sort of discount, if you're just gonna so... drop in humans, as we're about to find out. Oh no. They're not very, not <laughs> not much of a not much of a match yeah. against crocodiles. Yeah. Put guns and bombs in their hands, sure. You but, know what uh, this story is shaping up to remind me of? Uh, the USS Indianapolis. It kind of is that, except for Japanese soldiers in a swamp. Jeez. Okay. So, um, they ambush most of their prey, and then drown it, and swallow it whole. <sighs> so, so, do they do the, the, the oh yeah, the barrel death, the roll? Death, the death, death roll. roll. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then just swallow. Well, I guess if you're that, if you're that, that big... big you can swallow a human without much trouble. They will prey on any animal that enters its territory, including sharks. And, oh, wow. as we're about to find out, 
Humans. Yeah. Sharks. How? I did not know that until That's I did this wild. research. Okay. But yes, they will kill sharks. Wow. That's uh, what makes them the hyper carnivorous apex mm-hmm. predator. Threatened by illegal killing and habitat loss since the mid-1960s, they are listed as an extinction risk by the International Union for the Conservation of Nature. Wow. Which is sad. Because as much as you don't want to come across this thing... It's part of an ecosystem. Well, it's that. And it goes back to a a period of Earth that we just... We we will only know about through geology. It's a period of earth that we'll never experience. I still posit that there's only one species that should be eradicated from the earth. That's mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say humans. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do that ourselves. Yeah, we'll do that Don't you own. worry. But, um, cause every, I mean, and I could, I could be ignorant on some purpose that some version of a mosquito serves, but, um, yeah, otherwise, every animal serves a place in a, in the ecosystem, including the hyper-carnivorous that's, that's, that's apex the, predators. That's the balance. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and now they're up for an extinction risk. That's mm-hmm. no good. So, the march through the mangroves. Oof. The death roll through the mangroves is what it sounds like. On February 24th, 1945, so this is after the battles happened. Reuters news agency War Correspondents reported that Japanese soldiers trying to escape Ramry Island were, quote, being forced by hunger out of the mangrove swamps, and many have been killed by crocodiles, unquote. Okay. In his how, ni- how many how many soldiers are we talking well, we're, about? Well, we'll get okay, into that. Okay. I, I did our, okay. roughly a thousand. Okay, gotcha. Um, in his 1962 collection, Wildlife Sketches Near and Far, Canadian naturalist and veteran of the Burma campaign, Bruce Wright, described the events of the battle, focusing on the predation of the Japanese soldiers by the saltwater crocodiles. Oof. Quote, That night, uh, he's referring to the 19th of February, 1945, so uh, this battle's almost over. Okay. Was the most horrible that any member of the motor launch crews ever experienced. The scattered rifle shots in the pitch black swamp punctured by the screams of wounded men crushed in the jaws of huge reptiles and the blurred worrying sound of a spitting crocodile made a cacophony of hell that has rarely been duplicated on earth. At dawn, the vultures arrived to clean up what the crocodiles had left. Of about 1,000 Japanese soldiers that entered the swamps of Ramri, only about 20 were found alive. Oh my god. Other writers, including... Uh, Roger Karras, in his 1964 Dangerous to Man memoir, repeated Wright's version with Karras stating, quote, Had the story come from a source other than Bruce, I would be tempted to discount it. Hmm. Unquote. The story was also incorporated into the Guinness Book of World Records as the worst animal attack ever recorded due to Wright's statement that, quote, of about 100, of about 1,000 Japanese mm-hmm. soldiers that entered the swamps of Ramri, only about 20 were found alive, unquote, as we had just stated earlier. So, so using that as the source, mm-hmm. it's like, that's like a 2% survival rate. Yeah. I, which is not. I think it's actually less than that. It's 0.2%, isn't it? Mm, well. If two out of 100 people survived, that'd be 2%. Two out of, or 20, 20 out of 1,000. Oh, you're correct. You're correct. I was thinking two. I think I maybe did my math yeah. right on this. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. It, there's always a question mark. But this this is like hugely reminiscent of the USS Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. Just changes the setting. And I don't, I don't recall the number, um in indianapolis although i think it was in the hundreds not necessarily a thousand i could be wrong well it was years hundreds ago. We went in have... yeah hundreds went into the water i want to say think the, i don't it think the survival rate was that bad no was it was low. i want to say it was like a couple dozen guys got killed by sharks you know what i would but go I back and remember. listen to our episode that's literally <laughs> i don't remember. that's literally like one of the first 10 we did it was years ago it was yeah. literally years ago or you can check out the nicholas cage movie that uh the uss, USS indianapolis, indianapolis. Yes. I'm sure it's highly accurate. <laughs> hey, it's Nick, it's Nick Cage, of course. You know is. his commitment to this is. I think he's the committed. Episode, he's committed. This is the second episode in the row in a row we've discussed Nick Cage. We'll just throw him in randomly there every episode from here on out. That'll be our shift. Mm-hmm. Um, so the presence of crocodiles in the Ramry swamps led other servicemen stationed on the island to believe they were significant in the battle. With one British soldier writing in his diary that quote. When the army landed, they drove the Japanese into the swamps, and the crocodiles killed hundreds of them. They used to call the crocodiles the allies. Unquote. Oh, jeez. I mean, sure, but remember, allies, it, the shoe could have been I on the other I was just going to say, it could have just as 
easily been, well, maybe not. Like, I don't know. Do you know that, you know, crocodiles are not exactly politically aligned. They're not. We'll put it that way. They're not. So, in his memoir, uh, An Odyssey in War and Peace, Lieutenant General Jack Jacob of the Indian Army recounted his experiences during the battle. Mm. Quote, Over a thousand soldiers of the Japanese garrison retreated into the crocodile-infested mangrove swamps. We went in with boats and interpreters using loud hailers asking them to come out. Not a single one did. Wow. Saltwater crocodiles, some of them well over 20 feet, uh, frequented these waters. It is not difficult to imagine what happened to the Japanese who took refuge in the mangroves. Mm. 2006, Robert Duff, a veteran of the 26th Division, recorded an oral history for the BBC stating, quote, After a few weeks, we managed to push the Japanese to the swamp on the other side of the island, which was full of crocodiles. They decided to take their chances in the swamp rather than surrender. Only a handful came out alive, unquote. So again, I mentioned that earlier. The Japanese at that time did not surrender. Yeah. That was one of their, literally it took dropping two atomic bombs on them uh, to get them to surrender. Well, arguably it may not have required that, but still. Yes, I, I understand that the, the Japanese during World War II were known for um, They were pretty brutal. Yeah, well, and... Uh, the brutalities of the, the Japanese uh, empire at this time are pretty well documented and pretty fucking shocking. I mean... The... I think the brutality of the human race was pretty shocking. It is, but I think of brutality of humans first and foremost with white people because that's pretty. We have plenty oh, of well. Yeah, I got you. Know you. What I mean? <laughs> like we're used to it. With... Yeah. Yeah. But so, the shit I've read about what Japanese soldiers right. did is just like, wow, that's pretty fucked up. Like, <laughs> mm. like I'm not sure if I've read. Oh, the... don't worry. It's <laughs> yeah. nothing white people haven't done at some I just, point. I don't know. I mm. don't know. Um. Uh, probably one of the best um, uh, movies dealing with the Japanese soldier was uh, man. Now, now it's escaped me. It was a Clint Eastwood movie. He made two of them. They were uh, sister movies. Letters from Iwo Jima. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, there was two. The there... other movie was, but anyway, they were. Uh huh. They were each side. One was the yes. Japanese side. One was the Allied side. Yes. Right. Um, but. When they recruited, well, conscript, conscripted soldiers right. mm-hmm. back then, they went to their house, told them they're joining the army. They didn't say, you know, we're going to have a successful campaign. They said, are you ready to die? Yeah. Because. Well, I mean, there's the, also the. Living wasn't an option. There's also the story of the kamikaze pilots mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So. Well, and there's, you don't surrender. So if right. you don't surrender, what do you do? You either do a bonsai attack mm-hmm. or you off yourself well i mean if you think of it from like a war strategy it's not a very good one well no but well but here's the thing japan is a small island nation Mm -hmm. i mean it's not tiny population wise but it's not on the level of a united states plus not even close you know various parts of europe i I want to say i want to say japan is about a fifth or a sixth in the united states so so if you don't have literal like size going for you right you have to (laughs) i don't want that's just gonna sound dirty no if you don't have the population in your your army then like all you have is brutality or um uh reputation basically right sure you have to foster like an a, a hard reputation because that's oh, they, the only oh, they, way they had a reputation, all right. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, it, I know I know you're saying it, it wasn't an effective strategy. It's true that it did not work. Ultimately, ultimately, I don't know that Japan could have won just due to its no. size. By the well, and by the time it came down to, it was pretty much just Japan and all of the allies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they. That's the thing. They were outnumbered. Yeah. Germany was already done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austria was already done. All, all the access powers were done. Right. Um, so and, and the cats were done. <laughs> the cats. Um, so I mean. So yeah, it's... they were on their own. Pretty much not at this point. They're not on their own yet. Uh huh. Um, you know, D Day plus mm-hmm. however many days is still going on at this point. But yeah, it wouldn't. It would only be a couple months later where it's pretty much just them. That's so it. so it's like if you don't have. If you can't outnumber them, you can out, 
like your strategy. I'll shock them. Yeah, yeah. like your strategy yeah. has to be different. So sure. I do I agree with anything that happened during World War II? No. No. But I wouldn't say it was an entirely out there idea. Right. Like it, it actually as, makes sense in a terrible way. And I think it was um who became president just uh Dwight Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. Uh why there wasn't um, a full-on assault of Japan, why we dropped bombs instead, which, again, that's has sure. its own controversy. Mm-hmm. But in so many words, this is what he said. He said, we were going up against people who were ready to die, oh. fighting them with people who were hoping to live. Yeah. Not a very good... <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I could see being like, well, we could either send people, knowing those people would die, or many of those people would die... And so would many Japanese people, or we can just kill the Japanese people. I mean, again, I don't, I, I Not have, a decision anybody I have, wants object- to make. I have yeah. some objections to all of it, but, um, yeah. Yep. And we're about to get into another world war, but anyway, back to this. That'll be fun too. Um, so onto the controversy. Okay. Yeah. It sounds pretty straightforward so far. It sounds that way. Yeah. In his 2011 analysis of the Burma campaign, historian Frank McLinn challenged this interpretation, saying, quote, Most of all, there is a single zoological problem. Oh. If thousands of crocodiles were involved in the massacre, as stated, as in the urban myth, how had these ravening monsters survived before, and how were they going to survive later? The ecosystem of a mangrove swamp with an exiguous mammal life simply would not have permitted the existence of so many crocodiles before the coming of the Japanese, as crocodiles are not exempt from the laws of overpopulation and starvation. Oh, so he was arguing that they, they, there were not well significant. There was. We're not... talking. This is happening over a course of days. Uh-huh. Crocodiles don't eat that often, so if they get a human, that's it. But you know what I mean. If there was. A thousand crocodiles, that's one crocodile per person. But that's what he's saying. How it's, could there have been a thousand crocodiles? Okay. That's too many. In the area? Yes. Like the size? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it would have been an overpopulation. Right. He's saying okay. crocodiles are not exempt from the laws of overpopulation okay. and yep. starvation. Mm-hmm. So his contention would be like, if you told me there's 30 crocodiles in there, no, okay, I get they it. They couldn't that's have killed fine, that many. But they one. wouldn't have killed that many people. Right. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Because they would have just each had their one person and then... And then they would have been good for a couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 The crocodile, like, well, big big yeah. animals like that don't eat very often, but when they do eat, it's a big it's meal. It's a whole human, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, if they're swallowing a human whole, yeah, I imagine it would take their digestion a little while to get through Can that. Can fucking imagine that? No. <laughs> I mean, you're already dead by the time yeah. that happens. But, like... You can hope. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking hope you're dead by the time that happens. But, uh... That is like the most terrifying thing to me is it's that horrible. for something else out there, you're literally just a piece of food that yes. they're going to shit out in a couple of weeks. Well, and that's I mean, all you are to them. I mean, we are, we are not hyper carnivorous apex predators. So just on our own, we're kind of in the middle of the food chain. Right. If we didn't have, if we didn't have weapons and, uh, the ability to, well, I guess other animals pack hunt and stuff. Yes. So that's not necessary, but yeah, weapons are yeah. the primary thing. We couldn't fist fight a crocodile. As Nor would you want to. Potentially a thousand. Actually, Japanese you know people. what? Uh, if you get on top of them, that's your best bet. They get confused very easily. Hmm. Because of where their eyes are situated. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1974, a journalist, George, or journalist George Fraser reported having asked the Japanese war office about the crocodile attacks and being told that they could not confirm that it happened. Huh. 2000, and that's, I mean, take that with whatever well, brand sure, of Well, sure, sure, there yeah. could be a Talking about with a war office. Um, in 2016, Sam Willis, a historian, reported having found documents indicating that the Japanese soldiers mostly drowned or were shot and that crocodiles scavenged on their corpses afterwards. Oh, I see. This could have been a little bit of a misinterpretation exaggeration, mm. potentially. Because I could see where that could get cons- misconstrued. Like, the drowning makes sense. Sure. Um, and starvation, mm-hmm. right? And especially if you're starving and weak, and you plus, could fall and drown. And plus, uh, so a lot of these soldiers were already disease-ridden, too. Yep. 
And then, like, one or two mm-hmm. got eaten or something. Or, like you said, the crocodiles were like, well, we don't even need to hunt. These these creatures yeah, are dropping just, we dead. Wait we for them just to eat it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, why waste the energy? Mm. Um, for certain, through all of this, uh-huh. for certain, did several soldiers who were not injured, not diseased, mm-hmm. succumb to a crocodile attack? Or ones who were like, but but like per- percentage wise, it had to have been a couple because these things are plus snakes, all oh, the yes. other kind of uh-huh. shit, like not just crocodiles. Well, and the you know, screams a... and stuff that people said they heard could have come from any number of reasons: anguish right. from starvation, yeah. or or um, it could have come from the disease. person who just saw the other person get yeah, you know, <laughs> which yeah, good luck uh, going to sleep after that. Well, um, I don't think many of them had to worry but, about uh, but this also, But this also um, kind of compounds, the, like, uh, disease and that kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It's generally about, I man, I've read this before. It's generally like 15 to 20% of war casualties. It's not... Was was yes, actually disease. Yes. Wow. It's not a small number of people no, that succumb to disease. Um because of the conditions of war. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially, I mean, look where you are. Right. These guys would not be in a mangrove swamp. Where just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just yeah. This is just not a place where you just go. This wasn't like a reunion they no. were having for fun. This so was you know what? Let's, let's go to the crocodile mangroves Jeez. again and see who can get eaten this time. Maybe it'll be Steve. <laughs> yeah. We'll 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 uh, cut Steve's hand. Right. And get have a little a, blood, a blood going. trail going. Jeez. So yeah, but it's I mean, but anyway, let me go on yeah, with the. Yeah. Sure. Um, so in 2000, a herpetologist, Stephen Platt, visited Ramry Island, where he interviewed residents who had been alive during the war and who had oh. been forced into slave labor by the Japanese. Oh. Uh, quote, they unanimously discounted any suggestion that large numbers of Japanese fell prey to crocodiles. The only crocodile-related deaths occurred when 10 to 15 soldiers were killed trying to cross the Ming Chong, a tile creek, unquote. Mm. And he concluded that although the deaths of nearly a thousand Japanese soldiers during the Battle of Ramry Island are, quote, well documented and undisputed, there is, quote, little need to invoke crocodile predation. Okay, so really nobody is um, contending that almost a thousand soldiers died. Correct. Everybody's, and not necessarily in battle as in, like, being shot. Right. It, they died in that mangrove, most, most likely. Most of them, yes, or most from, of them. from disease. Yeah, or or starvation mm-hmm. or any number of snake bite. Yeah, I mean Jesus. Yeah. Um, Platt published a histor- historical analysis of the allegations of the crocodile attack. He established that Bruce Wright, the, the first guy I was talking mm-hmm. about, had not been on Ramry Island during the battle, and noted that although the other chapters in Wright's book were told in the first person, the account of the battle was in the third person. Oh. Possibly, Platt specu- speculated that Wright was repeating stories he had been told by uh-huh. friends. Platt also noticed, noted that Wright did, quote, not attribute the majority of Japanese casualties to crocodile predation, unquote, huh. but wrote that only 20 of a thousand Japanese soldiers survived the battle, with crocodiles being, quote, just one of the many hazards. So, so like it, was also, it was also a misinterpretation of, ah, of his account. Mm-hmm. Which was a second-hand account. Third-person account. Right, because he heard it from other people. Uh, Platt's findings are similar to sections of Wright's 1968 book, The Frogmen of Burma. Of Burma, not Burma. Frogmen of Burma. I don't know why that's, like, ringing a bell, but... Which chronicled his experiences commanding the Sea Reconnaissance Unit, or SRU. (laughs) In the memoir, Wright described how he arrived on Ramry after after the main battle had concluded. Interviewing other members of the SRU, Wright reported that two of the men abandoned their paddleboards during the battle and climbed up a mangrove tree to avoid a crocodile. Jeez. That's the one thing they can't do. They can't climb. They cannot. Crocodiles can't climb. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get in the water. That's Those little legs don't sure. work on no. climbing trees. On land, you've got a decent chance if they don't sneak up on you, but that's what they're whole, that's what they do. Sure. Um, With two from the side. Mm. No, that's, uh, that's raptors. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> So there they, uh, there, quote, uh, they heard shouting and rifle fire during the night, unquote, far from the allied position. 
Uh-huh. Vultures often appeared over areas where British forces had never reached. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wright concluded that the Japanese did not die from crocodiles alone, right. but from thirsts and wounds. Uh, uh, yep, and and starvation, I'm sure, and snake bites and and all, yeah, all sorts of. I'm things. sure there was screaming and like gunfire either at various wildlife. Or even at each somebody, other if they went delusional. Right, or I was going to say, or they yeah. could have been losing their mind, yeah. which happens mm-hmm. in battle a lot too, mm-hmm. uh, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, and that was the Ramry Island massacre. Wow, that was really interesting. I had never heard of that. I only heard of it maybe a month ago. Okay. Because I was like, I've got to do a script at some point. Yes, here. please. So I put in, I just put in like a Google search, um, uh, something like, uh, like the ten most um, like unique disasters, something like uh, that. Uh huh. The funny thing it was like six of them we had already done. Yes, of course. <laughs> there was. I was like, oh, we did that. Oh, we uh-huh. did that. It's like we're we did running that. out of the big ones, yeah. you know. Still have the but that one popped. But that one popped up, and another one popped up that I want to do next. That is also oh, okay. very, very fascinating. That also has to deal with World War Two. Okay. Um, but I saw that, and I was like. I was like, we have to do this. Yeah, that's... I was like, this is just... That's really interesting. I was like, this is insane. Uh-huh. Whether it happened how it happened, nobody right. will never know. Right. The people who would have known all died. Exactly. Basically, except for 20 of them, apparently. Exactly. And my guess is those 20 didn't last very long. No. But just the... But the overall, like, can you fucking imagine how Oh, you... just the terror of that situation. Yes. Yeah. Not only just being in a war, that's terrifying on its own, mm-hmm. but then dealing with fucking saltwater crocodiles no. on top of that. Like, no. No. No, no. No. And, it, and ironically, kind of sounds like the saltwater crocodiles were kind of the least of their concerns. It, it Potentially, it was the... <laughs> um, like getting was, green. I was just. And... It, it was the overall conditions that. Yes. Condition that they were in. Yes. Like, See, yeah. the outdoors is dangerous. Of course, don't go well, outdoors. Nobody's ever said it was. Don't go out into the wilderness. Why are you people going out into the wilderness? Well, I have occasionally. I understand this was war, whatever. But I have occasionally seen on like, um, you know, like those forty-eight hours video or those those type type of programs like Dateline. Right, where like. You know, somebody in Australia, like, they're in crocodile-infested waters and just knowingly, and then decide to go for a swim. It's like, why the fuck would you do, like, why? Right. Like, are you trying to die? I guess so, because some, because sometimes I've seen those, where they do. Mm Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Steve went in the water, and then then I heard a Steve. Then I heard a then I heard a scream, and then we never saw him again. Uh huh. But I mean, it's well, I don't want to go. I don't want to see a fucking puddle in Australia. There's probably something in there, (laughs) like a fucking like some like type of viper. It's not just the uh, water, the bushland, which is completely. A lot of it is very dry. I'm just also filled with. I'm just gonna hang out at the opera house. That seems yes. that seems inland. Hey, that's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. I want to do all the touristy things. I want to see the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I don't want to see and water. The opera House. Even though and... the Opera House is right on the ocean. Other and... than that, I don't want to see any water if I ever go to Australia because there's probably things in there. <laughs> just don't go in the water. I'm just I'm for fucking sure not doing that. <laughs> I'm not even getting in the fucking in a fucking in the hotel pool. I'm not even getting in there. <laughs> Probably something in there. It crawled through the fucking, you know, crawled through the ducks somehow. <laughs> when I was a kid, my, uh, well, first of all, I'll, I'll posit this. Apparently in Australia, it's not uncommon to find snakes in your toilet. I think you'd mentioned that yeah. before, yeah. I don't, uh, uh, someone from Australia, feel free to comment. But um, when I was a kid... My dad told a story, and my dad has a tendency to, like, tell stories from his childhood or whatever to his young children when we were young without, like, understanding the consequences of telling this story to a young child. Sure. And he told us of uh, the time he and his brother found a scorpion on the underside of the toilet seat. Yeah, that And so, fun. how long... Do you think it was before I stopped looking under the toilet seat anytime? Like, like last year? <laughs> yes, like yesterday? basically. <laughs> I still think of it on occasion. Yeah, yeah that was done yeah. specifically just to give you nightmares. <laughs> no, no. See, that's the thing about my dad. 
it oh, wasn't. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. He it was wasn't. That is not his earnest, style. Earnestly. It is just him being, it is him being You know, there's scorpions dad. underneath the... <laughs> yes. Just him sharing an interesting fact. Yeah. <laughs> that Thanks. he never thinks about Thanks, whether Dad. it will terrify his children or not. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that See, goes. my parents would have, or my dad would have said, Oh, your just, dad just 100% yeah. would have tried to <laughs> fuck with you. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> this is the man who pushed a child into a lake on his 50th birthday, yes. after all. Well, what was he trying to do? Water ski or something? And your dad just Oh, Oh, he he had already taken off, and then my dad just pushed him off. Like, what even? (laughs) Still one of the funniest fucking things ever caught on camera. Uh, Well, I think we did upload... I'll have to figure out a way to upload that thing onto YouTube at some point, because there's some fucking funny shit on there. I can't believe it was 30 years ago, but... 32 years ago. Whatever. Or that you're much closer to 50 than your father is. Well, that was my father's 50th birthday. And I know. Now I'm only four years away from I mine. I know. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, like as soon as I read the story, just read it, and I watched a bunch of YouTube videos about it that are all, you get the, they were all massacred, then you get the, some people. The different versions of it. Exactly. The different versions of it. Yeah. Well, so, so the fact that there was also a controversy surrounding it. Yeah, that was, that's interesting. You know. Well, and unlike the Indianapolis, there were plenty of survivors, so there was plenty of like witness accounts. accounts. Yep. This did not have no. that. And who knows what happened to the twenty people who survived? Ah, uh, they probably died in captivity, or that, or, or yeah, didn't make it. Yeah. Is my guess. Yeah. So it's. I didn't see any interviews from them. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So. Wow, that was very interesting. Yeah. And I am just absolutely thrilled that you did research. It's been a minute. It has. <laughs> so I guess yay for things malfunctioning at work so yes. that you had the time to do that. It yeah. was a pleasant surprise. Didn't even have anything to do with me. <laughs> you go. <laughs> or my department. There you go. There you go. All right, so that was the Ramry Island Massacre. Did I remember that correctly? You do. Look at that. I remembered it. I didn't even have to be prompted. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think I deserve that. Yes. (laughs) This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm Rachel. I'm David. We'll see you next week.